Chapter 2 of Concerning Grace and Free Will by St. Bernard of Clairvaux, translated by Watkin Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. In what freedom of will consisteth? In order that what is said may be made plain, and that we may the more completely attain unto the end we seek, it needeth, I think, that we go somewhat further back in our inquiry in the material world life is not the same thing as sense perception nor sense perception as appetite nor appetite as consent this will be the more plain if we define each of these there is in every corporeal being a life which is an internal and natural movement energizing only within the confines of such a being whereas sense perception which is a movement in the body and proper to its life energizes outside its confines the natural appetite however is an active force in the living being whose function it is to move the senses to self-gratification but consent is spontaneous assent of the will or indeed as i remember that i have already said it is a habit of the mind self-determining Further, will is a movement of reason and rules over both sense perception and appetite. In fact, will, in whatever direction it determine itself, always hath reason as its companion, we may say as its follower. Not that it is always moved by reason, but that it never moveth without reason, in such a way that it doth many things by means of reason against reason, that is to say, as it were, by the aid of its ministry, but against its advice or judgment. Whence we read, the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light, and again, they are wise to do evil. For no creature can be intelligent, even in wrongdoing, save only by the aid of reason. But reason hath been given to the will in order to instruct it, not to destroy it. It would, however, destroy it, were it to impose upon it such necessity that it could not freely of its own choice determine itself, whether by wrongly consenting either to the appetite or to some evil spirit, in which case it would be merely animal, incapable of perceiving, in any case, of following after, the things which belong to the Spirit of God, or by accepting the leading of grace unto well-doing, and thus becoming that spiritual will which judgeth all things, but is itself judged of none. If, I say, the will were unable, owing to the prohibition of reason to take either of these courses, then it would cease to be the will, for where necessity is, there is not free will. But if right or wrong could be done under compulsion, and without the consent of free will, in such case a reasonable creature ought indeed, on no valid ground, to suffer the doom of misery, nor could it fully enjoy blessedness, seeing that that faculty in it which alone is capable, either of misery or of blessedness, namely the will, would be lacking. The aforesaid life, sense perception, appetite, plainly do not of themselves produce either misery or blessedness, otherwise would the plants which possess life, and the beasts which possess the remaining two attributes also, be either liable to misery or fit for blessedness, which is altogether impossible. We possess, therefore, on the one hand, life in common with the plants, and on the other hand, as well as life, sense perception and appetite, in common with the beasts, 
while that which distinguisheth us from both is what is called will and it is consent of the will free not necessitated which seeing that in it consisteth our righteousness or unrighteousness maketh us deservedly blessed or the reverse such consent then on account both of the inalienable freedom of the will and of the inevitable judgment which reason everywhere and at all times exerciseth when we act is not as i think unfittingly called free choice being self-determining on account of the will and self-judging on account of the reason and rightly doth self-judgment accompany freedom seeing that he is free to determine himself when he sinneth judgeth himself there is a judicial sentence passed because if he sinneth he who need not sin unless he would justly suffereth what he would not moreover were the will not acknowledged to be free how could either good or evil justly be imputed to it necessity indeed removeth responsibility for both of these further where necessity is there is not freedom where freedom is not there is neither merit nor its correlative judgment excluding altogether original sin which it is agreed is of a different order from personal sin thus it remaineth that whatsoever hath not this liberty of free consent undoubtedly can neither merit nor be subject to judgment therefore save only the will all that belongeth to man seeing that it is incapable of self-determination is a matter neither for the award of merit nor for judgment life sense perception appetite memory thought and anything else of such kind that there may be are subject to necessity except in so far as they are subject to the will but it is impossible for the will which cannot of its very nature do otherwise than obey itself for there is none who doth not will what he willeth or who willeth what he doth not will to be deprived of its freedom the will can indeed be changed but only to another will in such a way that it never loseth its freedom therefore it can no more be deprived of its freedom than it can be deprived of itself were a man ever able either to will nothing at all or to will anything unwillingly then and then only would the will be able to be deprived of its freedom hence it is that to the insane to infants and also to persons asleep nothing which they may do whether it be good or bad is imputed because plainly just as they are not in possession of reason so do they not possess the use of their own wills and therefore their freedom is not subject to judgment seeing then that the will hath nothing free save itself it is only rightly judged as it is in itself indeed neither slowness of intellect nor lapse of memory nor restlessness of appetite nor obtuseness of sense perception nor feebleness of vitality of themselves bring a man into condemnation even as their contraries do not make him innocent and this for no other reason than that these conditions are proved to be caused necessarily and independently of the will End of chapter two